Hi, I'm Debbie George Addis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk? Today, we're going to talk about rioters devastate America, but who is the enemy? Star Parker, author and founder of Cure, joins me. Antifa finally labeled a terrorist organization and Flynn cleared and the DOJ exposed. And I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth. And welcome again to America Can We Talk and to today's First Five. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Obviously, everyone listening knows that our nation was rocked over this last weekend with riots allegedly stemming from the most uh, egregious conduct that America watched online, watched the conduct of the Minneapolis Police Department dealing with an, a citizen, an unarmed citizen, uh, who died as a result of the conduct of the officer. That incident is already, the, the uh, four police officers involved have been fired, the one police officer who committed the, uh, what I think is, it has been labeled murder of George Floyd has been charged. But I wanna focus today, instead of on all of the devastation that we saw around the country here in Dallas where I live around the country we saw devastation in major cities around this country I want to focus on who's really behind it what is the right reaction of an America that is overwhelmingly disgusted with the conduct of that police officer and the conduct in other cases involving excessive use of force by police officers but also unwilling to tolerate the violence devastation, burning cars and businesses, smashing windows, the just absolute rampaging mob that happened around this country. What's the right reaction? How do we get to that? So my first five today, I want to start first. I sent to Matt, the very wonderful producer, a map that was put out by former New York City Police Commissioner Carrick. And he put up a map, which is not a Twitter map. I'm going to quick have you take a look at that. He's saying, is there anyone that truly believes that this was not an organized event? How much do you think it would cost for communications and travel and manpower for an event like this? Whose money's behind it? And as you can see, he is posting, this doesn't even begin to capture all of the uh, disruption, violence, rampages around this country. He lists cities, what, what had occurred as of the time he posted this was it, you know, 18 hours ago, probably 24 hours ago by now cities around this country and the devastation. And uh, his point, I believe, what I want to launch off on to start with is the reaction to this incident, which no one is defending this officer, but and there will be the justice system is going to do what the justice system does, investigate, almost surely indict and prosecute and move forward on the justice system. But the reaction we saw across America was not just because of that incident. There were peaceful protests by many Americans of all races, backgrounds, ethnicity, skin color, who were appalled by the, uh, the conduct of that officer, appalled by other incidents involving unfortunate altercations between police officers and citizens. There were peaceful marches around this country. However, in most of the major cities, the peaceful marches either evolved into a violent, destructive mob or other groups unrelated to the real peaceful protesters became part of the protest and engaged in destruction of property, fires, and ended up having painting, unfortunately, a broad brush 
of everyone who protests against what happened in Minneapolis because of the conduct of the rioters. As you'll hear throughout the show today, we'll talk about the role of Antifa. President Trump now saying he is going to declare them a terrorist organization. That's a huge thing for him to do. It isn't just name calling. It carries legal consequence. And there's going to be, and he, President Trump, is trying to stand back and say this is really a job for governors and local police authorities, local officials to deal with. There's not really supposed to be the federal government in Washington getting control of all these riots around the country. But he is making clear he will if he have to, has to. I want to tell you a few other key points. I think that, to me, the biggest takeaway is if you get lured into thinking that we are on the verge of a race war, that we're on, verge, on the verge of a war between whites versus blacks, you are part of the problem. You are being sucked in by Antifa and other radical leftists in this country whose very mission is and always has been to divide America, to create chaos, to create hatred and division. This is not a battle between blacks and whites. This is a battle between people who love America and want to have a justice system that is just, recognizing no justice system on the planet Earth has ever been perfect. We need to make corrections. We have people of all races, ethnicities, skin colors in this country committed to forever working on improving American culture and society, improving the relationship between police departments and individuals, improving the behavior, improving the culture of our country. This is a battle. What we're in right now is not black versus white. It is those who love America and those who hate America. Those people stirring up protests, encouraging young people to engage in that violent conduct, those are people who were already, before anything happened to George Floyd, determined and committed to destroy this country. I'm going to wrap up my first five by asking Matt the Wonderful to play something. This is a clip. It was actually put out in a tweet, but it's a short clip from a gentleman who is a member of the Cincinnati City Council. He is out watching the destruction of his city, and he's also watching the not the not peaceful protesters, the violent protesters, the Antifa-funded protesters. In many cases, some factions, the Black Lives Matter protesters, who are encouraging young men, young 14 and 15-year-old young men, young black men, to commit crimes in the course of this protest. And the emotion that comes out of this city council member, I want to have Matt the one to play it for you, and that'll wrap up our first five. Just to protect the cops, but it was just to protect the people. And and what I can't understand is that this is Cincinnati police. This is this is this is not Minneapolis police. And and what they're doing is just absolutely horrendous. As a member of city council, this is my first time ever seeing something like this. When this first happened in 2001. I was only 17 years old, right? I can't understand for the life of me what is going on right now in the city of Cincinnati. And I'm going to be here until these folks and other folks are protected. Let me tell you something. There are people down here who are encouraging 14-year-old kids. These babies are 14 years old, man, and they're encouraging them to throw bottles at these cops. And these grown people are encouraging our babies to fight. This is not their fight. And I will give a f how mad or angry you are with what is happening with the police. But these 15 year old kids have nothing to do with this, man. And these these cops, black cops, white cops, or whatever like that, they did not do anything. And I'm not, not here to take one side or the other. But what I'm suggesting to the people of Cincinnati is that what type of success are you going to have with attacking these people that have nothing to do with this?
And what I'm saying is, is that you got every you got people down here who are literally encouraging kids to attack cops. Okay, there you see a grown man, a black member of the Cincinnati City Council, obviously driven to tears watching what these protesters are doing in terms of convincing young teenagers to engage in violent conduct. I want to hit two more very quick points in the first five, then we'll turn to the completely wonderful guest we have, Star Parker. One is, many economists are writing about it. I want to tell you again, if you haven't read these articles, you can read them on our website, americacamingtalk.org, on the homepage under show, drop down list of links. Economists say that after the 1968 riots in which many businesses were destroyed, and other times in America, we've had riots that destroy inner city businesses. The impact of those riots, the destruction of the economy that happens in inner cities to black owned businesses, to low income families, hangs around. The impact, the devastation hangs around for decades and decades and decades and decades. It's important to understand, nobody can say to you, I support Antifa, I support violent riots and I'm doing this to help low-income America. I'm doing this to help black America. When you engage in the kind of conduct we saw, you are not part of the solution to anything. You are driving America to division on purpose, and you're really hurting the very people who you claim you are there to speak up for, the, that not just George Floyd, but black America and the whole problem black America has had in the past and dealing with police officers. One last point, Bill Barr, Attorney General Bill Barr has said that the violence instigated by Antifa is domestic terrorism and will be treated accordingly. You may just have to have federal uh, intervention in some of these places. I hope not. But that's where we may end up if we do not have the local police authorities, the governors, the city councils, the city police departments take charge and stop this violence. And that, my friends, is today's First Five. Well, we have a guest joining us, joining us by phone, Star Parker. We've, she's been on the show numerous times, and I think most of my listeners, regular listeners, know her. She is the founder of CURE, Center for Urban Renewal and Education. She's the president of that group, coolest organization, just a great organization. Mentioned her many times in the show, and her organization, CURE, can be found at the website, urbancure.org. And she has a fabulous Twitter uh, feed. You can read, follow her on Twitter, at Star Parker. I could read her very long bio, but that'll eat into my time to talk with her about what's happening in America today. But in short, she, Star Parker, founded Cure, and she is just a one-woman warrior on behalf of trying to bring prosperity, progress, uh, order, and actual just uh, a, an effort to bring the American dream into more and more families in America's inner cities to help black America arise up out of the dependence on poverty and to inspire them to believe in what America offers. So she's just been a, she's been a, a stellar leader in this country. She actually, actually worked in Washington back in, we did welfare reform, which I think was 1996. She helped work on that bill. She's a tremendous uh, conservative leader. And I believe we have her on the line. Hi, Star Parker. There she is, there's a picture of her. <laughs> there I am, guys. Very good to be with you. Thank you. Yeah, uh, here at Urban Cure, we're a policy institute that works on uh, in three places, in public policy, in the media, and as you mentioned, in these poor communities. We've been ver working very closely lately with the White House to come up with strategic ideas to 
build up an economic uh, system, if you will, system rooted in capitalism. And uh, as we're all witnessing, a lot of that effort uh, has been frustrated. Uh, but the president is resolved to continue to build his Opportunity Zone initiative in these urban centers and to rebuild the economy. So we're very happy to be here in Washington, D.C. as um, spokespersons for the conservative right. I'm thrilled you're there, too. I'll tell you, folks, because I've been to Washington quite a few times, and sometimes at visit with Star there, she is a face and name and reputation known throughout Congress as someone, as a substantive, serious policy think tank, as a, a, a person who can come up with ideas that actually are practical and work, and whose opinion is sought by many people in the Congress, Senate, and the White House. But Star Parker, so here we are. We are in the very beginning of June 2020. And we had, obviously, a horrific weekend in America. And I just want to give you a very open-ended, tell us your, your reactions to what's happening and, and how do we move forward past this? Okay, well, the first thing we're going to do to move forward past this uh, is we are going to work very closely with Mitch McConnell to make sure that there's not another stimulus package. There's no way that we're going to bail these states out, uh, especially with these larger cities and their leadership, not to declare a couple of things. The first thing that they should have declared is that um, it, it, that these pre protests are not justified. They encouraged protests. The mayor of Minneapolis should have uh, should have come on uh, and said, "Listen, everyone across this nation just witnessed the most egregious murder, potential murder we've ever. There is a great pause in our country." We're in the middle of a COVID crisis, and this is not how we wanted to rebuild ourselves to get open so that we can get our economy jump-started. What you need to know is that this officer is under a union contract that allows him two days of resting, two days of getting his thoughts together before he goes in with his union representative, who then will help him hire a lawyer, who then we will be able to implement the law. We are going to serve justice. Calm down. You cannot go out and protest. That is the first thing that they should have done, not allow protests, not come out and tell them, make sure you protest, but be forceful, but be okay. That it, we understand your frustration. That is the first lie. And I'm glad that you played the tape of the black Democrat leader because uh, out of Ohio, because there are many now black Democrat leaders who are finally asking, wait a minute, what is going on? They don't know that the movement that they have, think that they're still a part of with the civil rights era uh, has been hijacked from anti-American terrorists, that Antifa and Indivisible and all 89 groups that are, that are registered under that umbrella are not about the same thing that they're about. They are about uh, disrupting and destroying America. And so I'm glad to see more black leaders are starting to come for, forth so that we can let them know that this is not about race. This is about power. I don't agree that the nation is racist. We know the nation is not racist. Most Americans today are cordial with their neighbors. They work hand in hand across racial lines at their jobs. They just want to be left alone. They don't want a government built on this perception of fairness. They want a government built on equal justice under the law. Most Americans understand that the branches of our laws uh, grow out of the roots of our Constitution, they were ordained by God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We know that. It is the left that goes around every day looking for racism. Ever since the civil rights era, it is the left that has institutionalized the perception of racism as a business. 
and have impl- implemented it into every system, whether it's our educational system, our, our, our professional systems. I mean, you can't find a businessman now that doesn't have to go through goo gobs of paperwork to make sure he has a certain amount of blacks in management and this one over there. They have systematically put race, di- diversity, and inclusion into absolutely every part of our lives. And this very elusive lie is what has built into our institutions and systems these conflicts that we're seeing today. That's why these unions are making sure that some union contracts, they won't allow police officers to live in the very communities that they police. What kind of madness is this? So I think what's at, what's at stake for us, you said, uh, I, think, I guess the second part of your question was, what should we do? Where should we go from here? What we should do is we should start really discussing then the burden of race and rage. What is it that Americans should be thinking about in these impoverished communities? The first thing they should be thinking about is that human beings live there and people should be free. People should be free. You know, it's interesting, Deb. I was thinking earlier about this whole question about whether all white people are racist. I hear more racism out of the mouths of liberals than I do conservatives. Most conservatives, all they, they, they are the ones that actually look at their neighbor equal to them. They want responsible people, and they want people that understand and get up and do the same things that they do, which is good instead of evil. And I don't see the left ever just looking at human beings and say that we are the same. It is the left that has made the problems that we're witnessing today. So uh, here in Washington, D.C., they destroyed our city. Our nation's capital is a war zone today, and I lay all of it at the feet of the mayor, Bowser. I know she wants on the short list for Joe Biden's vice presidential pick, but she allowed her her city, our nation's capital, to be totally destroyed yesterday by putting an 11 o'clock curfew. The city's not even open. She, all of the country has reopened since COVID except Washington, D.C. We are not even in phase one. And she allowed those individuals, I guess there are good people in both sides, to go out there and destroy this property. I was thinking earlier that maybe uh, the president shouldn't have said that they are thugs. He should have said that they are uncivilized savages. Wow. That, <laughs> I'm so glad you ju- I agree with every word you just said. You know, I was thinking when you were talking also, you know, there was a, an incident, you, I'm sure you paid attention. I haven't talked to you in a while, but you, I'm sure you followed it a few weeks ago where uh, presidential candidate Joe Biden for the Democrats was on a talk show and he uh, was speaking. It was a podcast thing and you could see the host who was a black man and Biden's talking to him, blah, blahing along. He ended up saying, basically, if you don't support Biden, you ain't no black. And so that did not go over well. And there's a lot of people pushing back. But I noticed some commentary that followed on from that talk show host, as well as others, a spokesman, a person for the Black Lives Matter and a spokesperson for some other similar kind of group, all of them saying, in order for Biden to make up for having said that, he has to be firmer in his black agenda. And that's their term. They want a better black agenda out of him, which they were describing as fix the problems of, uh, you know, uh, income inequality, education inequality. They went a long list of things that they are, and even how there is a coronavirus, a bigger problem with respect to coronavirus in the African-American community. So their answer to his ugly racism was to say they want a black agenda. What's your reaction to that? 
I expect that from the left. Charmaine de God, as he calls himself and others call him, and those of us that know historically that Charmaine was actually the founding father of the Western civilization, uh, so it's a mockery in and of itself, uh, is a very huge presence in the African-American community, uh, the the secular community, not the Christian community. The third of African-Americans that uh, take their Bible seriously and go to church and believe it uh, are on the side of the right. They, They have told pollsters for the last 30 years that they're on the side of the right. They are evangelical and conservative. But he represents the side of the left. And so, yes, the side of the left, uh, in order for Biden to put to get their ex- inner, their, their extra energy, uh, then they are going, they have demands. And one of those demands is an African-American VP pick. So that's why they're trying to find somebody that's not as polarizing because they know that the country and most of the Americans in the country on the right are, or that middle are sick and tired of race uh, being a wedge issue, and they don't think that they can pull it off again to put an African-American after what happened uh, with the Barack Obama. So they're in a dilemma because they don't really want to pick an African-American female because they know that they will lose. Uh, but that's one of the demands. The other demands are if you if we swallow that you're not going to do that because you've convinced us that, look, you guys, you know that we're not going to be able to pull this off. America's so racist. They're not going to vote for a black woman and all the rest of the stuff that they continue to tell us. They know that uh, they will then get other positions, high positions, as well as a big purse. And that's what they're really looking for, big government. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned the COVID. I thought it was fascinating. Unfortunately, the White House even fell into it that you would racialize an international (laughs) pandemic to even go down the race road was just incredible for us to hear so-called leaders of the country now segregate and separate us out based on an international pandemic. In fact, during that time, uh, I, when they started making such a big deal out of it that white people just want black people dead, that's why they don't give them health care, uh, I had to point out on one of the shows that uh, then why is it killing Italians in Italy uh, if it's so discriminatory and then Americans decided that they just wanted to target African Americans in only America. This is foolish nonsense, but that said, we are so divided as a country and what's at stake in this next election, the heart and soul of the country, uh, is very, very um, volatile because you got about 60 million American voters who want the right and 60 million Americans who want the left and that's what even this uh, race rioting is about. You know, uh, Star, there was actually commentary already talking about how when we have, if this were to be, this protest were to continue and continue to be so violent and threatening and destructive, it tends to drive the suburban voter toward Republicans. Even if you had kind of the uh, intellectually well-informed, a little bit um, you know, I always think of them as a little bit virtue signaling, but the people who live in the suburbs want to signal their open-mindedness, and so of course they're going to vote for big government. This kind of stuff may drive those voters back when they see that they don't see the police, the police in their area, their governors, their whoever else has the authority to get control. They won't do it. It may drive people back toward that. I do think that Democrats are in a bit of a dilemma because they've, in, in many ways, encouraged this anger and this sense of America being racially divided. And then there's a big riot over racial division, and they right. are a little bit afraid to crack down. Well, we're we're still a few months away from the election, so anything can happen. And so I agree with you to some extent, but it can go either way. 
look at their strategy. They also know that Americans are very timid people, and they just want the, no noise. Please stop this, stop this, stop this. And you have a scripture that says that even a fool seems wise if he keeps his mouth closed. And that's <laughs> yes. why they keep Biden hidden away. They don't want him speaking because it will begin to just play out in itself to get so noisy. You know, I just finished the book, Necessary Noise, and I would encourage your audience to get it. I go through these points about what happens, why Trump was elected, and why we need to reelect him, frankly. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, we're, it, it depends. It can go either way, because if it gets so noisy that people get afraid, they will want calm, and Donald Trump is not calming. Donald Trump is called for this moment like a Constantine to divide, and this is what we needed to do. To go, We can't go on the way we have, as I argue in my book. We are going to be coming out of this next election, either on the path to biblical and free or on the path to secular and total status, total big government. We're already in that space. But now this election is going to decide how far down that path we go. And that's why it's getting louder and louder. I was predicted last year, I said, they're going to riot, because that's what they had to do, um, you know, in 1992, uh, because George uh, Walker Bush, although, I mean, the first Bush, although people were very upset with him because he raised taxes anyway, they wouldn't have, they would have reelected him. Uh, but when we had the riots, it, that's when we saw the polling change toward Clinton. People in this country are afraid of race matters. This is why they use race so willingly and so often, because they know most Americans don't have the language to push themselves uh, through those discussions. They don't even want to try to argue that, look, I'm cordial to my neighbors. I work hand-in-hand hand across racial lines because they have something for that, too. Oh, no, oh, now you're, everybody has a black friend. It, it, you can't win when you're arguing on race. That's why we need to take it away from that discussion and argue that this is not about race. This is about power. And we need to know that going into this next election, that everything we do should be about November. Amen to that, Star. You mentioned some of your books. I had a list here. I had a long introduction ready, but I really wanted to get you on as soon as I could. But uh -uh. Uh, Star Parker is the author of Necessary Noise in 2019, America Divided 2018, Conservatism is Not Racism, Great Title 2018, uh, Blind Conceit 2014, White Ghetto 2006, Uncle Sam's Plantation 2003. Great books. I urge you to read them all. And I also want to commend, I saw on your website today, just had time to begin reading it, but CURE, your organization based in Washington, D.C., Center for Urban Renewal and Education, has a policy briefing in January of this year in which there was a large survey you did of African-American attitudes, opinions, and voting behavior. It was a stellar uh, and lengthy study, but your conclusions, uh, I, I just, I was very impressed. I want to urge our listeners to go to that, to their, your website, urbancure.org. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to actually, do you want to say a couple things about any remarks about your uh, policy briefing and, and African-American attitudes and opinions and voting? Well, we're getting ready to do another on fam the one this month will be on family and, and children, uh, because all of these things that we're talking about tie together. You cannot have a free people if you don't have a moral people, and you can't have a moral people without God. And all of the data shows this. And it's fascinating, the report that you're pointing to on black Americans' attitude. Uh, and the left understands 
uh, some of the challenge of African Americans because for so long they have just sang the same song that you've got to look over your shoulder because they're out to get you that many African Americans believe it. It's one of the reasons I'm launching my own news talk show this week uh, so that we will have alternative messaging for this particular community for too long. It's why we have our clergy program. For too long, they've only heard that one message. This is why we have blackcommunitynews.com as an organization so that blacks can get another song. They have to change the tune of that information and get a regular diet of new information about freedom about personal responsibility. And, and, and so the website, yes, they'll find uh, various uh, policy reports because we put one out every month. We are a policy institute. We are working closely with the Congress to try to move the, the, the direction of, um, of freedom. Uh, right now, a quarter of our budget is in anti-poverty programs, $900 billion a year. So we're trying to move a little bit of, of, of that over. Uh, it's more difficult because of COVID. One thing we can do is not pass another stimulus package, but the second thing we can do is personalize um, the payroll tax, allow for people to put that payroll tax into an IRA uh, so that yep. they can start building wealth. If you own Wall Street, you're not going to burn it down. And so those are the things that we look at. One policy study that we did right before COVID was on homelessness because we were and still will be working very closely with the Trump administration to fix that problem. The one thing you got to know about this president, when he wants to fix something, he just says, I want that fixed. And then everybody has to say, yes, sir. And then we go to fix it. And he is wanting to fix things to make America great again. So that means we get opportunity to limit the role of government and allow for uh, personal um, uh, creativity to come up and, and try to solve some of these problems in America. Star Parker, you are a gem. I'm so glad you happen to be available today. For our listeners, I definitely urge you to, first of all, read her books. Go to their website, urbancure.org. And also, you can follow her on Twitter, at Star Parker. Read her books. And honestly, you just make a tremendous contribution to America every single day by all that you do. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. For, you're welcome. For people to find your new show, how do they do that? Well, I'll let you know. Maybe I'll come back on, but it's all, it'll be up on blackcommunitynews.com first and foremost because we've got to push these ideas into the communities that need to hear them most. So everybody that was encouraging folks to go and destroy all of the property, uh, they need to hear that. In fact, we're in a, a funding campaign right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, every one of those communities that went up in smoke, we want to put billboards. You want to, you want to break out of poverty? Here are five things to do. Finish school. Number two, take any job. Number three, get married. Number four, save and invest. Number five, give back into your local community. So we're planning that out right now to run these billboards in every one of these cities that are now torched uh, so that that will be what all of those young people that you were talking about earlier, those 14 and 15-year-olds that got convinced to go out there and just break mayhem, they'll be able to look up there and get the instruction that they need. Poverty does hurt. Poverty is horrible. So we have to lead them into, well, what do you need to do to break it? It's not go break somebody's window and take their purse out of the window. It's finish school, take any job and just work harder than the person above you, get married, save and invest, and then give back to your local community. So that's something that we will be doing. And if any book that your listeners are going to get for this time in the election, I appreciate that they'll read all of them. But if they have only resources to get one, get Necessary Noise. How Donald Trump inflames the cultural war and why this is good news for America. Necessary noise. All that we're going through right now included, which of course I wasn't able to put in that book, is necessary 
we are at the place where Abraham Lincoln had to open the scriptures in the 1850s and say, a house divided itself against itself cannot stand. We're in a war. This is not about, we, we can work together. We can't. There's nothing we have in common with the hard left. They're right. about secularism. They kill babies in the womb, and they're about big government. Their answer to everything is take it from the wealthy. There are more, you know, there are graffitis around this town, Washington, D.C., eat the rich than any other thing that we've seen, or at least that I've seen, and I walked the town over the last couple of days. So I don't know what she's going to allow tonight, having the city open last night till 11 o'clock. No one else was open uh, because we still closed down, but I think that she's going to try to make a curfew tonight so that maybe they can bring this back in control. Uh, it, it's just out of control. But when the dust settles, we can remember that this is all about the election. And when we come up out of November, we are either going to be on a path toward biblical truth and freedom, or we're going to be on a path toward secularism and big government. I love that you put that on your website. I saw that you had secularism and statism, which I love putting those two <laughs> things together. I mean, it's really good. It's exactly right. And people don't always connect even those dots to recognize that secularism leads to statism. It leads to, gov leads to government control. So um, I think... And you know what? And, and, and statism leads to secularism. Every communist country has no God. It's, right. just, it's incredible. You're right. So yeah, we try to put it in the most simple terms for, well, you know, when my first editor, when I first at USA Today, my first time I got landed a column. Uh, now I write for uh, creators. Uh, but she uses that, you know, you know the KISS principle. You got to keep it simple. Saying, Why? America is at the fifth grade level. I know you want to show how smart you are, but America is at the fifth grade level. So what we try to do at Cure is remember that the people we're trying to reach might even be at the fourth or third grade level. Uh, so that's why you see um, you know, that, that narration that you do when you go to our website and or when you go to blackcommunitynews.com or our news site, cureamerica.news. So that's it. And thank you, Deb. Thank you so much for letting me um, come and share with your audience because these are very tender moments for us. And I thought that maybe I contacted you, which is unusual uh, for me to reach out. But I know that you're just special to me and that you were, I knew that you would be searching in your heart, uh, especially, I think I thought about you after Dallas when we saw that this man was just trying to protect his own business yeah. and they just viciously beat him. I thought, you know what, I, I've got to do something. One of the trips I made to Dallas when I had to speak in Fort Worth, uh, the, the um, uh, husband of the person that invited me to speak drove me back to my hotel in Dallas, and he was a D Dallas police officer. So we had an amazing discussion from Fort Worth to Dallas about all of these various issues. And I'll tell you, we've got to make America great again. We've got to take this country back from that hard left. Absolutely. I am so grateful you were available. And I, your book, I will confess, I think I've seen, looked at almost all the other ones, read most of them. I did not get Necessary Noise. I knew it was your latest. I will get it. Maybe we'll oh. have back on soon to oh. talk about it. You're How about that? You're going to love it. You're going to love Necessary Noise. And, 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 and in fact, anyone that's listening that has any friend, if, especially if that friend even ever steps in a church, and I don't want to be involved in politics. I don't, this is too, I don't like you. This is the book for that one. This is the book for the one that would let this go to the left because they're uncomfortable with Donald Trump. In that case, I have a lot of friends in my mind already, so I will get it off to them. This is the one, and they get many. This is the one yeah. that anyone that you know and anyone that's listening that you know that is still uncomfortable with Donald Trump, but they're a good person. 
they really they live their life right. And I'm not talking a typical. We don't need to give them this. I'm not talking about Black Lives Matter. I'm talking about anyone you know that is a good, decent person, but they're uncomfortable with Donald Trump. You need to get them this book, Necessary Noise. I wrote it to them. I wrote it to that person, that decent per- person who's in quieter communities that get up on Sunday morning, go into church. They get up on Monday morning. They get their kids ready for school. They tell them to mind their manners. And if the teacher calls me, we, we got issues. And then they go to work. <laughs> and then they go at to the end of the week and they look at their paycheck and they say, what happened? But they don't then blame anybody else for what happened. They then try to live off of that little what happened and all the rest of that money going into these big old coffers of all this big government here in Washington, D.C., wasted away into these race narratives of, of inclusion and diversity based in lies. It's an illusion. They're lies. And therefore, this book was written for them so that they will understand what's at stake. Because when we come up out of that election in November, we, we will be in really serious trouble if whoever the left is putting up. I don't think it's going to be Joe Biden. I think it's going to be the governor of New Jersey. Oh, but we will okay. be in serious yeah. trouble well, no gonna... matter who it is. Couldn't agree more. No I, matter I who it is. Yeah, it can't be Biden. They're all the same. Yeah, they're all the same. It oh, won't, won't be, be Biden. Biden. Oh, yeah, no, no. They... It, it won't be Biden. No, no, no. We all know that. I mean, he's stumbling today. No, no, no. We know that. We know that. Yeah. You, you know, you think think like them. We know that they, they 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 see what's at stake, and they really want that power. And Summer says, "Oh no, they're just going to try to get the the Senate, and they're going to let Trump have another four years." No, they're not. Right. They're fighting for the for their they're fighting for the heart and soul of this country. Yeah, they know that. Do we? I actually say the answer to your last question, I think more and more Americans are figuring that out. This is a heart and soul of the country election. Star Parker, we'll have to do this again soon. I'm going to get your book. I'm going to read it. And then hopefully next time we're together, we have a, we're have we on the path for a little bit of uh, back to order and um, back to justice <laughs> system and back to getting America back on track. So can't thank you. We enough. will be. You're welcome. We, we will be because they don't have that much more to burn down. They just kind of destroyed everything. You know, one more thing I got to tell you, because, I mean, you know, my next door neighbor here in my office uh, is a jewelry store. He's been here forever. Uh, And on the other side is a pen store where you collect fine pens. He even has a $5,000 Ronald Reagan pen for people that collect ink and pens. So they both got broken into. And, you know, they're older now and they're just a sad thing. And so, but the one... Uh, in the jewelry store, and I'm like, oh, why didn't you clear for COVID? He said, well, it was just little things I left out. And he said, yeah, and the pen guy got broken too because I hadn't talked to them yet. I said, oh, I hope that they didn't damage him. He said, no, they didn't take anything. These people don't know how to write. <laughs> There's a good point. And they wouldn't have wanted a Ronald Reagan pen anyway. <laughs> That's what I said. Like, you know what? That's interesting. They didn't break into libraries either. They sure broke into Farragamo. Oh. So, no, we, we, yeah, but they need direction. So I hope our billboard campaign is going to uh, work because if we, can, if we can take advantage of this moment, it's dark, but there's light. If we can take advantage of this moment and give clarity for these young people that, you know, they have the new purse now. Yep, they got a new outfit. They went in the store. But if they see billboards all up over their community that say, you really want out of poverty? Here are five things you need to do. Finish school, take any job, get married, save and invest, and give back to your community. It's really just that simple. Love it, Star Parker. A lot of what you do is so, it's a basic, it's basic 
truth, basic common sense, basic things some people know, but a lot more people need to know. Star Parker, thank you so right, much. Honey. We'll be back soon and okay. often. Okay. okay. Take okay. care. Bye-bye. So, oh, folks, okay, so I'll tell you, this is a great, great woman we were just speaking with. Her organization does so many great projects. We could have spent the whole time talking about the latest thing they're doing, their pastor's conferences, their whole project of using pastors in low-income communities to get the messages of basically loving America, conservative Christianity, constitutionalism, capitalism. She uses those pastors as, as their, uh, their wedge into the community. She works with the pastors and they in turn turn around and spread the message. She's, she's just a national gem. So you know where we are, whereas we, we took, I'm so glad we talked as long as we did. Um, I think Matt, the wonderful, I'm going to go to my third topic and, um, and, and going to have to give up on the, uh, on, on talking about Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. We just can't get the last one. I assume he's, I, it's funny, we have this funny setup. I believe you can see me. Anyway, uh, but I do want to uh, hit very briefly about Antifa and just tell you what, uh, why this is so important. When President Trump talked about designating Antifa as a terrorist organization, it's not about name calling. It's not saying, well, we're calling you bad people. It's a very specific and important and meaningful designation that actually helps, it helps the um, government be able to use the, uh, because they fell into that status, it uh, allows them to use that status. It, it releases new legal power against them. Number one, there was a big effort of, among celebrities to raise money to send, of all things, send money to the Minnesota protesters to bail out people who got arrested who were burning down buildings and smashing windows. And so the, the celebrities in this country and others I'll mention on tomorrow's show were actually sending money to help bail out the mob, bail out people who were protesters, thugs, destroying things. So. What happens when they're in, they're de Antifa's designated terror organization is number one, celebrity calls to provide material support through for bail donations becomes material support for a named terror group, a crime. You cannot collect money for a named terror group. It makes prosecution under the Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act, the famous RICO Act, makes prosecution under RICO much easier. This was an idea Ted Cruz, our great Texas Senator, uh, Ted Cruz has been raising and others. It also allows people uh, who are even affiliated with Antifa to possibly be prosecuted uh, for their conduct. So the point of it is, this is a getting tough thing on Antifa. And I wanna wrap up the show by going back to the point I was making at the start of the show after a great conversation, in, in between a great conversation with Star Parker. Nobody who is out smashing windows, burning buildings, breaking, lighting police cars on fire. None of those protesters, no one from Antifa, no one of the faction of Black Lives Matter who encourages violence, none of those people care at all about black America. You have to get that through your head. The people who were doing the kind of protests, they may say, I'm standing up for black America, I'm standing up against police violence, these are simply anti-American terrorists. Antifa is a terrorist organization. They are a fascist organization trying to parade themselves as an organization fighting fascism. They are the fascists. 
They're out there destroying property, destroying businesses owned by low-income black Americans. Most of these protests are happening in low-income areas. So black families who've worked for decades to build up a business, to own their own business, to be self-sufficient, their lives are destroyed, their livelihoods are destroyed, and, and, Economists will tell you a massive study was done and more recent economists have been commenting on this. It takes neighborhoods like that decades to come back. So do not believe for a moment that Antifa, Black Lives Matter, any of these groups advocating violence have any support, concern or care at all for black America, for low income communities, for anyone other than their radical leftist agenda, which is the destruction of America. I'm gonna run out of time here today, so I gotta go, but I, I really wanna urge you to think about that. Do not get lulled in by anything they say. It may be, I mean, do not get lulled in by anything they say. Well, we're here to stand up. If you're here to stand up, then you support the investigation of police officers to do these things. You support peaceful protests. Peaceful protests, I'm all in favor of. That's what the First Amendment's all about. The right to peaceably assemble. You can protest. You can wave signs. You can. You have the right to, to address the government and, and tell them your grievances. The right to address your or, or grievances. You have the right to present when you're bothered by the government. You have the right to protest. You don't have the right to destroy other people's property. You don't have the right to destroy cities. You don't have the right to force cities to live under lockdown because they're afraid you might come and hurt them in their communities. This is happening all over this country. This is orchestrated. This is nothing to do with sympathy for George Floyd. It does not honor his memory. His family's been begging his family, his fiance, brother, begging America, say, please don't do this. Protesters, stop doing this. This does not honor my brother. But they won't stop because what they're doing has nothing to do with caring one iota about what happened to George Floyd. I got to, folks, I had a couple, another topic, but I just can't get there. I got to turn right now and talk to you about why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So Matt, the wonderful, we had rioters, devastate America, who is the enemy, why it matters. The vast majority of Americans are good and decent people. They're universally angry, disgusted, and ashamed by what happened to George Floyd. Everyone, including the vast majority of police officers, is a protester against such police behavior. The riots are another thing entirely. Former NYPD Commissioner Bernard Carrick, national map of rioting locations we showed earlier validates these truths. The riots are not spontaneous, they are planned. The riots are not about black and white, they're about leftists against America. Americans must rise and hold on to America's heritage, America's founding ideals. Only those ideas unite us. Only those can identify the real enemy to be defeated. The black and white are not at war in this country. It's America and not America, anti-America at war. And on Antifa, finally a terrorist organization. <clears throat> Excuse me, Antifa's radicalism has been known for a long time. They're essentially a nihilist, communist organization. And I had reams of data about all the evil Antifa has done. We couldn't get to it today. But overdue for designation as a terrorist organization, one of many radical leftist, subversive, anti-American groups, when Minnesota's governor, I didn't even get this, Minnesota's governor's daughter, Ilhan Omar's daughter, Hollywood celebrities donating to bail funds for arrested rioters. They're not helping protesters. They are aiding terrorists. A test that lies ahead. Will leftist holdovers from the Obama administration 
What are they going to do with these prosecutions? The leftist holdovers from the Obama administration currently still in the FBI and DOJ. Will they undercut the FBI and DOJ efforts to enforce the law, arrest the terrorists, and restore law and order? Attorney General Barr's DOJ has the right idea, and Barr has been through riots before. Americans must demand and support pro-America law and order. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so much for tuning in every Monday through Thursday, 3 p.m. Central Time, to America Can We Talk, where we always talk truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. Can you hear America, can we talk truth about America? Can you